award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm excited about today's show more than ever. We've got a special guest with us today, and it's going to be a fun show. Mr. Don King's helping co-host. Yes, sir, Jason. Thanks for uh, for inviting me, and, and especially having Cal here. Yeah, Cal uh, from Meat Eater. Ryan Callahan is our guest today, and uh, it's going to be a fun show. Cal, thanks for being here. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. He's been in Tennessee for a few days, and we're going to catch up on all that, but but uh, it's just a pleasure to have you and uh, excited about what we're going to talk about today. So. Uh, remember, if you're tuning in on the radio, go watch this show because yeah. uh, it's uh, it's cool to see this show. It's not cool to see us. It's just cool to see what's going on in the room. And you'll notice a l- an extra camera in the room this time, too. Yeah. So we've got Jason uh, uh, working on some footage uh, for who knows where, where this footage yeah. will end up, you know. Can you believe you might see Wildcast on Meat Eater? Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Cal, Ryan Callahan is uh, is one of the co-hosts on Meat Eater and uh, the Director of Conservation. Tell us what the Director of Conservation is well, for Meat Eater. Um, yeah, it's, it's a heck of a title, but I mean, the neat thing is, is it's, it's the dream job, right? Like, I've always been uh, very conservation-oriented, I think like most folks, long before I even knew the word, what the con- word conservation really meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's my job. So I get to work with a lot of nonprofit agencies, a lot of uh, state agencies on, you know, both the good and the bad parts of managing wildlife uh-huh. and um, all the issues that, you know, trying to fix problems from D.C. down. There's, so. there's enough. There's as many people management problems along with that aren't there as far as <laughs> you may as well just lump us in with the wildlife yeah right, right. <laughs> yes absolutely um but i mean that's really the gig so on the one part of things i can help uh work with nonprofit conservation-based agencies um work with them on messaging get that out on a bigger platform help tell the story uh well and get it in front of folks that aren't going to necessarily be paying attention to like a hook and bullet conservation group or folks that aren't necessarily going to be paying attention to a state agency that's associated with the hook and bullet crowd. Gotcha. Um, Because, you know, we really have the ability to talk to folks that, you know, they they like the idea of nature. They're just not interacting with it every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't even know that they like the idea of nature, but they like food. (laughs) <laughs> and we talk about food a lot, right? right. And um, and so we have the ability to, you know, talk to folks on a lot of different levels, and it always comes back to the outdoors, hunting, fishing, these conservation messages, how everything kind of ties together, how we're a piece of the puzzle, how funding's a piece of the puzzle, um, you know, literally down to from, you know, bumblebees, sometimes the lack thereof, you know, all the way up to, you know, your big charismatic megafauna like elk and mm-hmm. uh, your guys' you know, giant non-typical state right. record whitetail out there. So. Right. Or world record, state record. World yeah. record. World, world record. record. Yeah. World record. It's pretty yeah. crazy that came out of Tennessee. And you talk about the funding. Uh, you know, it's people love wildlife and like to watch it, but, and then they don't know how to help. You know, there's ways yes. out there to help. Just buy a hunting fishing license. Yes. But, uh, 
anyway. Buy a duck stamp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something something easy. You can even mail mail something with it. Yep. There you right? go. I mean. So um, tell us about Meat Eater. What's that show all about? Some folks may not know, and uh, I'm, I want to hear it from hear, hear it from you and let the folks know what Meat Eater is and how it came about. Well, uh, my good friend Stephen Ranella uh, started this show called Meat Eater, and and there's a a big cast characters both I mean primarily behind the scenes that are involved in this project, and and it's really just something that's taken off like wildfire and it started with a show on um, the travel channel and then it went to a show with the name meat eater on the sportsman's and outdoor net network okay um and then netflix picked it up and then when netflix picked it up that really you know just exposed that show to a huge audience audience i can imagine predominantly a non-hunting audience right and yeah, it's it's just like we, it's it's amazing. So I just came on full time with Meat Eater in um, the, basically the first of the year, but I've been involved with it over the years, and it's just been like the best way to see it because I was I was a little bit removed, mm-hmm. kind of from the outside looking in. Right. Um, we, I was working for a company at the time called First Light, and I was the director of conservation at First Light okay. um, clothing brand, and we have a very strong conservation ethos at that brand. Um, and so kind of outside looking in, kind of from a sponsor perspective, watching that show grow, looking at who the audience was, and then um, jumping over and getting on the inside really – and looking at it, and it's just, uh, it's an incredibly powerful thing watching people interact with that brand and that media voice Right, is is really, really positive and, and just incredible. And it's the broadest audience, most diverse audience I've, I've ever seen um, in regards to something that showcases the outdoors. Uh-huh. It's right. not your normal hunting show. I was watching a few episodes the other night, and it's uh, it's it's fun to watch, and it, it's like you're right there in the hunt, you know. And and if you don't take an animal, I was watching the the blacktail uh, deer. And it took three days before you could even get one. I mean, you're right there with you, and and the hard times. You're part of the hard times, part of the fun times, you know. And it's, yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah, and um, you know, it turns out most folks it takes more than. Uh, 22 minutes to kill something definitely so, <laughs> it takes um, me a whole year sometimes <laughs> yeah yes exactly so um, but what's neat about that show is the way uh, Steve presents things mm-hmm. it it really appeals to a, a couple of things that everybody loves and I got stopped in a restaurant in Denver uh, this winter and this guy's like hey you're on that uh, that cooking show on Netflix I was like, really? And he grabbed his two buddies at the table, and he's like, hey, this is that guy on that cooking show I was uh-huh, telling you about. Uh-huh. And so, you know, some people are watching it, and they're like, yeah, this is a strange cooking show, but I really like it. Yeah. Right? And some folks are, it's a hunting show, and some folks are, it, think it's a survival show. And um, and and really, it, the point of, you know, the, the media group at this point, uh, what Meat Eater is, is you know, connecting people to the outdoors, whether they're in it all the time or not. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the majority of us don't get the opportunity to spend a ton of time outside or sometimes are intimidated by spending a bunch of time outside. Mm-hmm. And this is a great, great way to connect. And it's a great way to, um, you know, be able to see a much larger picture than sometimes what outdoor media focuses on, which what? is just a big fish or a big deer. Yeah. This is a better snapshot of the whole picture. Yeah, what I really like about it is you guys tell the story and why you do it and and the ethic of it and you know I I've kind of put myself in the in the position of the viewer looking in from the outside especially if you hadn't had much experience outdoors seeing it all of a sudden you're realizing man these guys are really they believe they've got a passion for what they're doing here and I I understand why you know whether they ever do it or not good if you can relate to it and say well yeah i can really see why that guy likes to do that you know i think that's important so important it is and i'm so glad to hear you say that comes through because i mean that is you know we were just uh crappie fishing um out on uh oh my gosh my, my brain's fried um we're crappie fishing here in tennessee Kentucky Lake, maybe? Out on Kentucky Lake, the giant lake and an incredibly <laughs> huge body of water. It is. Um, it is. And, but it's uh, in Tennessee, and, the, and it's Kentucky Lake, so that's yes, probably why. Yes, that is. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, Tony, um, was the, the, the crappie fishing guru, this guy, Tony Shepard, uh-huh. um, he was like, well, you know, kind of asking me what I like about this stuff. And I said, really what I like is you, you get to watch these people have these aha moments of being like they, when they get exposed to something and, and, and it clicks and lots of first timers and it's that educational aspect and it's uh-huh. helping people. And it can be very simple questions or it can be very complex questions. Like you say you love grizzly bears, mm. then why would you ever go out and try to kill one? Right, and working through, like, yeah, that it, it I understand. Uh-huh. I, like, I totally get it. But you know, this is, this is kind of the whole story, and 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 it's it's really really fulfilling. And and if it, honestly, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't deal with a bunch of cameras and stuff in the woods. It'd just be uh-huh. me in the woods, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, and then kind of the new venture for me is start a, a short weekly podcast. Week in review, Cal's week in review. Cal's week in review. And, um, you know, I like to hit a lot of fun conservation-oriented news Mm -hmm. in a very short time, keep it digestible, and then... It's fun. Yeah, it's fun, and 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 then try to work on some bigger issues in there every week. And and I, I think it's really important. And, you know, the conservation thing, the whole director of conservation thing, it's kind of a scapegoat, right? Because this is all conservation. Yeah. So I get to work on a lot of wide range of topics and uh, talk to a wide range of folks, and, and it's really fun. But I, I do – the point is to try to tie people back to the fact that, oh, yeah, you like clean water? You like clean air? You like eating fish? I mean, we were up at uh, Buchanan Resort. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever been up there? I have not. Like, I have not. all those hotel rooms? Like, people have deep fat fryers that they brought with them outside their hotel room. <laughs> Only in Tennessee, right? Like, they are there for the fish. They're having a great time. And, 
you know, I want those people to also know that it's their fishing licenses that have created most of that stuff. Right. Right. All those state accesses, all those boat ramps, you know, it's way more because of the fishing license than because people want to be drug around on a tube or something like that. Right, you know? right. And it's and it's not something to be beaten over the head with, but it's it's something that people need to know. It's a lot of the message that we try to put out all, all the time. time, week to week, week to week on this this show, especially. In uh, but it's great to you know, and like you said, you know, when it comes from a state agency, so to speak, it's you know sometimes it can kind of tend to go in one ear and out the other. Ah, it's the government talking. Absolutely. You know? But when you guys can chime in and say, "Hey, these guys are shooting straight with you here," you know, this is this is where the money comes from, and this is why things get done. Yeah, and and. Man, being invited down here by uh, Tennessee Wildlife uh, Resource Foundation, they got the ball rolling on, because I spoke about Asian carp on the show uh-huh. uh, a few weeks ago, and they said, yeah, and if you want to talk about Asian carp, you should come down. Um, and it, it's been fascinating, and, man, I can't tell you how much I love it talking about with talking through the issue with people that, you know, they signed up to be biologists, work on game fish. Right. The fun stuff, smallmouth bass and largemouth bass and um, and pike and crappie and walleye. And they're like, they are beyond knee-deep in Asian carp. Right. And they're, they're figuring it out, and uh-huh. it's their full-time job. And just incredible folks, and they're, they're so invested. Yeah. You know? It's not what they started out wanting to do, but they are so invested in this resource, and you can just see that passion. And, um, you know, public comments are on their mind. They have the public completely in mind, and they're working through the science. Right. Can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That's the bummer about science and conservation, right? It's not instant gratification. It's not. Mm -mm. And, uh, yeah, I guess if... uh, if you want uh, some job security, you should uh, find a job in conservation because, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's always a work in progress and we're always learning a lot. And sometimes you got to make some mistakes to, to learn what that silver bullet is to fix some of these issues. Right. So. Looking five years down the road. That's why our strategic plans are every five years, you know. So yeah, sometimes that can feel kind of burdensome. But, but anyway, you got to plan ahead. Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah, it, I mean it's it's incredible and um, yeah, man. If you like puzzles, that um, the, the a giant body of water like that yeah. with the locks and the different ways of shipping and I mean right. there's there's a lot of variables out there. Yep. Yeah, all the avenues that the Asian carp have a way to get in, you know. Yeah. So what all did you get into while you were out on Kentucky? Uh, y'all went fishing and and. Uh, pretty some, much everything you can as yeah. far like we got incredibly lucky and um uh johnny allred with the foundation he mm-hmm. had really pulled out all the stops as far as like getting a hold of his old buddies that do this stuff all the time and yeah. they were happy enough and and invested enough in the resource to drop what they were doing and and help me out and uh so he went uh bow fishing for carp and that i've never done that and man there's no lack of targets out there oh yeah um and that that was in i mean that that was very fun 
it was an interesting thing for me because you know I where we are it's like if you shoot something you eat it uh-huh. that's all there is to it right and then you're working with invasives and that's a little hard to get wrap my head around but then we started eating the carp too uh-huh um, what'd you think man they're great they're great I mean I don't I didn't grow up filleting anything uh-huh. and so the knife work I, I'm not gonna lie at all I need a lot of practice with but um, that meat is like beautiful, translucent white. Like it could be on a sushi counter anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just amazing to see and and amazing to eat. We had a big uh, fish fry last night and we had carp, catfish, and, um, and crappie mm-hmm. all side oh, yeah. by side. And it was just, it was just really <laughs> funny, right? You have like these highly revered species game fish species and then you have carp which just <laughs> right word sounds it. terrible yeah, yeah. yeah and and it was great and fed everybody present and good and it was awesome you know nobody turned up their their nose at anything so um and then uh went uh grabbing oh uh, yeah okay oh yeah oh yeah that was hilarious because you know it was very much this <laughs> well you know we have catfish boxes we do that as well but uh, Damien Loveless is the guy's name. And he's like, I got catfish boxes set up. Uh, it's the very end of the season. Probably not going to be anything in there uh-huh. just because it's the end of the season. But uh, if you want to try one, we can. And it was like this very nonchalant thing. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, uh-huh. Yeah, And I was like, well, yeah, it's hotter than hell. I'll, I'll jump, <laughs> jump in the water. And, and he's like, okay, well. Again, probably ain't going to work out, but this is how it would if you did. Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, I I mean, mentally not prepared at all. <laughs> <laughs> so did it get, did it latch on? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I got. Oh, evidence. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I wow. got the uh, cheese grater looking arm right now. <laughs> um, you know, I think I saw that on your Instagram page. Yeah. You'd already posted that. Definitely need yeah. to watch this version if you're listening on yeah. the radio. You gotta, yeah. You got to. Check this out. Uh, wow. But, uh, yeah, so it, it was the box is deeper than I thought. Uh-huh. So I dive down. Damien was right there. And kind of fumble around a little bit and then kind of get my hand in the hole. I'm like, okay, nothing there, just like we thought. There wasn't uh-huh. going to be anything here. And then, you know, he's like, well, he said, like, get your arm all the way in the back just in case. And I moved maybe an additional three and a half inches and then wham <laughs> and I mean violent oh, like, I was not prepared for the violence yeah. and that that thing smashed my arm um, I mean I full on you know freaked out like very serious fight or flight response but I didn't didn't pull my hand out I just latched on grabbed on and yeah. then my head kind of cleared um the the cat twisted super hard uh-huh. and smashed my arm into the box, mm. and then uh, and then you know that was enough to kind of let the adrenaline clear a little bit, and then I <laughs> pulled the thing out of there, and uh, yeah, big flathead catfish. I had no idea they even get that big, but they get a lot bigger than this one. It was probably like twenty seven pounds. Oh wow! Um, and just <laughs> impressive, man. I mean. It's a very hard 
experience to describe. I can't wait to see the video. Welcome to Tennessee. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then it didn't stop. And we went out and caught crappie and uh, we visited a a North American caviar commercial. Yeah. uh, uh, Really a commercial fishing uh, operation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but they are commercial fish processing operation and they were processing a bunch of carp. We hung out in the morning, watched um, a bunch of these commercial fishermen bringing in carp, got a chat with a bunch of those guys, which was really neat, and talking to them about how, well, yeah, you used to do commercial catfish with long lines or, you know, big, long trot lines. Um, that is something, yeah, you guys can run a lot of hooks in this state. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, making that switch over to gill nets for the carp. And, you know, those guys were really fired up about it. I was very surprised. Like, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're fishing, mm-hmm. you know, which is uh, kind of an international language. And they were, you know, it, it was really cool. It could have been talking to a gill netter for sockeye in Bristol Bay. I'm sure they were prepping some of that stuff for lobster bait, weren't they? Yeah, Did so they talk about that? The five, six-pounders go to lobster bait. Uh-huh. The next class up. Um, that can be prepped for human consumption. They have an FDA facility right there. Um, and we watched uh, a guy running a real sharp fillet knife in there and prepping a bunch bunch of carp fillets. Uh-huh. And, yeah, just very, very impressed how, like, clean, white that carp is. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's just kind of mind-blowing, right? Because that... <laughs> You have this perception of carp, and I always grew up with it. Super warm water. They're bottom feeders. They're bottom feeders. And um, the really interesting thing is it's a filter feeder. It eats the exact same thing from the time it's teeny tiny to the time it, you know, could be 80, 90 pounds. Uh Um, And so a 90-pound fish tastes the same as a three-pound fish. Yeah. And they were really excited over the big fish. Whereas with with a lot of our other species, it's like, well, it'd be great to throw that one back. Uh-huh. You know, those are the ones doing the real breeding. Mm. Let's keep the smaller ones. They taste better anyway, type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that that was really interesting to me, too. Well, uh, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you came to Tennessee. Incredible and, time. And uh, get to experience all that. And uh, we, we got to get the, get, get the word out. Let folks know about this, these problems we're having and... And just spread the word like you're like you're doing. So we appreciate that. Oh man, yeah. There, I mean, there's problems out there for sure. But you know, the crappie fishing was lights out. Um, never caught a crappie in my life. The finesse part of things is something I still need a lot of practice with. But you know, those game fish are are there. Um, you gotta, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta you gotta be a fisherman. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta fish. That that carp is just another part of the variables a good fisherman deals with right right could be weather could be tides could be whatever um and that's that's just kind of what the carp is and those game fish are in there and and we were having an absolute blast you know um but yeah you know there's there's no doubt that you can only have so much biomass in a in a, in a lake right and mm-hmm. there's they're not supposed to be there yeah so it it would be good to see him go away. Yeah. Well, before we run out of time, I want to hit on your on your story we heard earlier before uh, before we started rolling tape. But uh, you said you got all kinds of audiences, non hunters and, and and kids and everybody. But 
uh, a dad came up to you and said he found his kids cutting out cardboard to be a policeman. Box. Yeah, yeah, a policeman. <laughs> yeah. I got a little startled in Dallas one day. This uh, cop came up to me. Um, he, I mean, my little sister's a cop, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm not afraid of police at all. <laughs> it's just they're that? always a little stern when they first approach, and <laughs> kind of caught me off guard. And, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I want, wanted to tell you that uh, I walked in the kitchen." And uh, my my two little kids, a boy and a girl, uh, were he's like I thought they were playing with a cardboard box, and uh, they explained to him that they were cutting up a deer. So the kids were <laughs> pretending to cut cut up a deer, um, which was the cardboard box, and they had picked that up from watching the TV show. Wow. I yep. think that's what's great about your show. I mean, it, like you said earlier, there's all kinds of parts. It, some people think it's a cooking show. Well, you've got cooking. Survival. I mean, you're cooking over a little, little fire and a little pot. I mean, uh, the deer tongue, the mule deer tongue y'all were eating yeah. in Idaho. I mean, it's like, that's awesome. And then, you know, it's it's a hunting show as well. So it's it's got all those elements, and, and it, it attracts so many different audiences. And Yeah, and, it and, it's, and it's accessible, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's 99% public land we try to go really keep things to places people can go and access um even with limited means sometimes you got to save up for a little while Uh, but you know i always tell folks i'm like if i was willing to quit beer there's no telling what i could save up for so um so yeah it's all within reach and 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 yeah man it being able to be a part of Steve's vision with the Meat Eater TV show has been an absolute blast. And then, you know, what we're doing down here for uh, Cal's Week in Review um, is an extension of that and just an absolute blast as well. So Yeah. Well, tell us about one of your favorite hunts. What's one What's one that tops the list? Man. Or fishing trip. Maybe crappie in Tennessee? No. <laughs> I, I just love being outside. Yeah. Love being outside. I mean, give me a over-the-counter tag as long as it's legal and i got some time to do it mm-hmm. anything with time and and i'll be out there but uh i you know i love love taking first timers in the woods um i am probably incapable of squeezing the chair the trigger if i'm around somebody who's never gotten something or has even typically has an unfilled tag in their pocket mm-hmm. so i'm always like maneuvering to get them lined uh-huh. up for a shot and and it, that's fulfilling. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, it's it's amazing to watch your show. Y'all got some cool stuff going on. We appreciate uh, the conservation side of things, helping us get the word out. Hey, I got one quick question, ahead, Jason. Yeah. Can we get a just a real quick version of who who introduced you to the outdoors? How'd you get yeah. excited about this? Oh man, I was just one of those strange kids that always wanted to be outside and. And eventually you start annoying enough people and they're, they're going to pass you <laughs> off to somebody who really likes to be outside too. So, yeah, I had a string of next-door neighbors um, when I was a little, little kid who put up with me. Some of them were just going off to college. They still made time for me. So that's a good lesson there. And then eventually um, my dad, his secretary, my dad made a lot of time too. And it just was not his forte, uh-huh. but he made the time, which good. is the biggest thing. good. And eventually, um, uh, his secretary, her husband was an outfitter, and that turned into the first outfitter I ever worked for. But uh-huh. that man had the patience of Job, because <laughs> as soon as I locked into him, I mean, I was skipping school to just stay there and, 
ask him questions. So, <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Cal, being on, and uh, uh, make sure you check out Cal's Weekend Review podcast. Check out Meat Eater, and uh, thanks again. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Cal. All right, we'll see y'all next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.